0: And you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com/slash/slash film.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Tuesday, July 23rd, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Home editor-in-chief Peter Soretta and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Home weekend editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Senior writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And writer Chris Evangelista.
2: Hello, folks.
1: Okay, so we have a bunch of news to talk about today, but a lot of it is uh, stuff that came out of Comic Con, including a lot of Marvel stuff. But we'll we'll start first with Terminator: Dark Fate. Uh, we know that Linda Hamilton is back as Sarah Connor, but uh, apparently, her her character was changed uh, when when she came on board. What do we know, Chris?
2: Right. So uh, Linda Hamilton gave an interview um, with THR and she was talking just, you know, about what it was like to come back to the Terminator franchise and what it was like to play Sarah Connor again. And she actually revealed that there were certain lines. She didn't say what those lines were, but she said there were certain lines in the script that she just flat out refused to, to say. And her reasoning was, um, they didn't seem true to the character of Sarah Connor as she knows her. And she says that director Tim Miller was telling her, you know, those lines existed to make Sarah Connor uh, more quote unquote relatable. And Linda Hamilton was saying, well, Sarah Connor shouldn't be relatable. Does that mean you want to try and make her softer? Because she shouldn't be a softer, even likable character. I mean, you know, if you remember Sarah Connor from, terminator 2 she's not really you know a a likable character she's kind of like a, a jerk in that movie and that's sort of what makes her so memorable and you know linda hamilton was not about to let them change that character so she she stood her ground and made sure uh sarah connor is not soft in the new terminator so at least we have that to look forward to
1: does this make you worry at all about the approach for this new terminator film Yes, it does. I'm
2: I, uh, I'm you know I, I, I hope it turns out okay. I you know, I'll see it. I like that Linda Hamilton is back, but I'm just not a big Tim Miller fan, and I also think pretty much every Terminator sequel except Terminator Two has been either bad or even just like terrible. So it, they don't have a good track record, but we'll see.
1: What did Linda Hamilton say about the director Tim Miller?
2: <sighs> she um, she yep. really didn't have.
1: <laughs> it was so, like a coded phrase, right? Like, if, it, like it was like one of those things where you read between the lines, and it didn't seem like she had much faith in
2: him. Yeah, basically, during the interview, they were, you know, they asked her what it was like working with Tim Miller, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but she said basically, "Well, this was who Jim Cameron suggested, so I went with it." So it, it basically. <laughs> Without saying like he's not that great, she was saying like you know I you know he was the director and I did my job. But you know, if you read between the lines, it really sounds like she wasn't incredibly impressed with Mister Tim Miller. But you know I could be interpreting it wrong. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, we, we we'll
1: see, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not impressed by this this trailer that's out for Terminator: Jerk Fate. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes. So if you haven't seen, if you didn't see it during Comic Con, uh, you, you can check that out. Uh, but Let's move on to Marvel. Let's talk about uh, Thor or uh, female Thor, Lady Thor. Ben, what are we going to call Natalie Portman and Thor Love and Thunder?
0: Well, according to Taika Waititi, who's directing. Thor, love and thunder. Uh, Natalie Portman's character is going to be referred to as mighty Thor. Uh, somebody on Twitter sarcastically said it's completely normal and makes sense that when Thor is a man, he's called Thor. And when Thor is a, fe- is a woman, she is female Thor. And Taika Waititi responded, correction, she's called mighty Thor. So, yeah, that's, uh, I guess, our first sort of hint at how they're going to be distinguishing Natalie Portman's character's name um, in the comics She's just referred to as Thor. So, this mighty Thor thing is actually the comic run, like the title of the comic run. So, that's where they're taking that from. Um, and in the comics, Thor becomes unworthy and his name changes from Thor just to Odin's son. And so uh, she literally becomes Thor. And in the comics, there's only one worthy person at one time. And we've seen that. This is a little bit of a, a different approach than what they've done in the MCU because, as Avengers Endgame showed, Thor and Captain America could both, uh, you know, they were both worthy. They could both wield Mjolnir at the same time. So, um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what else to say here other than I, she's I, going I mean, to be
1: called. I, I will say this as, you know, we are a group of people that write about film for a living, I'm glad that they gave her a name other than Thor because it was really confusing to write about. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So, uh, anyways, uh, you know, we'll, t- we'll get back to Thor in a little bit. But let's talk about uh, Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which, by the way, if you look at this chart, this uh, this timeline that they released at uh, San Diego Comic-Con in Hall H, Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is only a year and a half long. That's probably the shortest phase yet, right? By far, it's the, f- the shortest phase yet, uh, which makes me wonder, what is Phase 5? Brad, what do we know?
3: Well, we know that, at least for now, phase four uh, isn't ending with some kind of big crossover movie like the previous phases that all had Avengers movies to sort of put a cap on them, even though, uh, you know, the most recent phase had Spider Man Far From Home come afterwards, and then uh, there was an Ant Man movie that was after one of the other uh, Avengers movies as well. Um, so, with phase five we're expecting there will probably be some kind of big crossover event but at the same time kevin feige isn't isn't saying whether or not that's true but he did confirm that phase five is already planned as part of the five-year plan overall that marvel has already figured out they were even talking about that before uh the comic-con panel took place this past weekend and uh feige actually in an interview with mtv said uh quote we debated what we should announce at comic-con Should we announce four and five? We've planned them out. We've got five years down the road. And I was like, I think 11 projects in two years is plenty, having not mentioned anything for two or three years. So it sounds like they could have announced phase five if they wanted to, but they decided to keep it uh, a little bit more low-key and only do the uh, phase four, which takes us up through 2021. And uh, I think that's good enough, especially since, like he said, that's 11 projects. And if anything... You know, this kind of allows a little bit more room for speculation as to how all these movies will add up to whatever the next big crossover is. Uh, We know that uh, what what at least some of these movies probably will be because there was that quick mention at the end of the panel where he talked about Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, X-Men, Fantastic Four, and, of course, the Blade announcement. So there's a chance that, that all of those movies and more could be part of phase five and that will lead up to a new avengers movie uh at the end of phase five and when i say new avengers i literally mean the title new avengers because (laughs) that's a that's a comic run in marvel comics where there's an entirely different team from uh from the original team that we know but considering what marvel is doing with some of these uh original avengers characters there's a chance that we'll still see different versions of some of those characters because we have Sam Wilson, who's the new captain America. As we just talked about, we have Natalie Portman, who's going to be a mighty Thor. And it seems like we might just be building up a new roster of Avengers that will take the place of some of the characters who are no longer part of the team.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of wondering, you know, I know they've kind of hinted at that there's going to be a female Avengers team of some kind. I'm wondering if, if that's going to be its own thing, is that going to be the new Avengers is are they setting Natalie Portman's Mighty Thor up to be part of that that team up?
3: I think that's certainly possible. And then to even expand that roster even more, uh, I would I would almost be willing to wager that the Black Widow movie that's coming up will open up the gate for Florence Pugh to become the new Black Widow, uh, which is um, something that happens in the comics as well. That after Natasha Romanoff is no longer Black Widow, there's another character that steps up to take on the mantle. So I, that that would make perfect sense to me if they're actually going to do a full-on uh,
1: female team-up movie. I know some people listening to this are their, their eyes are glazing over because we have we've been talking about Marvel so much lately. I, I apologize, but this happens after Comic Con and after you know a Marvel release date. You know when uh, when Feige does all that press, but we, we have a little bit more to talk about. Um, let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three because this is something that w- wasn't mentioned in Hall H at the Marvel panel. And I it, James Gunn said, oh, it, it is still coming. It's just he's working on Suicide Squad first. Uh, but how does this affect Thor Love and Thunder? What do we know, Ben?
0: Yeah, so somebody on Instagram asked James Gunn, is Thor Love and Thunder before or after Guardians of the Galaxy 3? And James Gunn responded, before. So, I mean, I guess you could look at that <laughs> uh, assuming that he is answering like uh, chronologically in terms of like the actual movies, like Thor love and thunder is dated to come out in 2021 and guardians of the galaxy volume three does not have a release date yet. It's going to be after that because it's part of presumably part of phase five, but uh, we are choosing to, to believe, and we actually reached out to James Gunn about this and we haven't heard back, but we're choosing to believe that he's referring to the time period in which these movies are set. So Thor love and thunder is, takes place before the events of guardians of the galaxy three. So um, I don't know. There's some interesting uh, uh, implications there. I I sort of broke it down in an article at slash which you can link uh, and read in the show notes. Um, So if you want to read about the the specific possibilities of what that could mean for the character and, and these different movies, you can do that there, but um,
1: what, what does it mean? Ben, because, well, first of all, let's acknowledge the other possibility. The other possibility is Thor love and thunder, takes place you know three years in the future and then guardians volume three will be a prequel to that that seems confusing (laughs) like that doesn't Um, seem like something they're gonna do
0: right yeah i i I agree i think that seems maybe a little bit unnecessarily confusing for marvel because those characters are still alive Uh, we've talked about this off mic earlier but the black widow movie takes place before um you know, Avengers end game and stuff like right after captain America civil war, but at least audiences in that case know that black widow died in Avengers end game. So they don't really have to wonder about why the events of the black widow movie are not coming at the end of her linear story. And if Thor and the guardians are still alive at the end of uh, love and thunder, then yeah, for for guardians of the galaxy volume three to come after that, but be set before it, it would require some explanation yeah and filling in the gaps that I'm not entirely sure that Marvel wants to do. So let's assume that Love and Thunder is actually set before Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It just makes me wonder whether Taika Waititi, who's directing Love and Thunder, is going to basically pick up the story right after what we saw at the events of uh, Avengers Endgame with Thor teamed up with the Guardians, or if he's just going to skip a little bit forward in the timeline and make this like a Thor mighty thor story um because you
1: know no the guardians i, I, I not... think you have to pick up with him with the guardians like i i know we all assumed that guardians Gal- galaxy volume three was gonna be thor with guardians of the galaxy but maybe this film in the beginning of this film it explains why thor isn't there and guardians the galaxy volume three will actually be a proper conclusion to that guardian storyline after all
0: yeah, I mean, that's totally possible. It, it, it's It would just be interesting if that happens, because the Guardians have only appeared in Avengers movies that have not been directed by, you know, when you're, when you're talking about movies that haven't been directed by James Gunn. So this would be the first sort of, uh, I guess, regular hero solo film that they would show up in. And James Gunn has such a specific voice for those characters and a specific take on them that it would be interesting for them to you know certainly stick around for the entirety of that movie and i think brad suggested in our slack earlier that maybe they just you know thor and the guardians are teamed up for like the first act of love and thunder before thor eventually sort of moves on to become you know to take on the the responsibilities of dealing with whatever this actual film's story is going to be which sounds plausible but um yeah to me it could it could really go either way here
1: yeah i mean james gunn did advise the russo brothers with the guardians and you know the Avengers films, so I right. Mean, but that...
0: th- it's also interesting to know too that that his Guardians three script was written before. You know <laughs> his it's been completed for a long time, and he didn't actually have anything to do with Thor meeting up with the Guardians like at the end of Endgame. So uh, you would think if those characters were together at the beginning of volume three then that would have been a natural point for them to go in endgame but that's not the case it seemed like they sort of like did their own thing in endgame so
1: that that yeah. makes me almost believe that i am right that thor love and thunder is going to explain how they aren't together by the you know the start of volume three but uh i don't know we'll have to see uh speaking of volume threes kill bill volume three is it something we'll ever get to see chris
2: No, Um, (laughs) I really don't think it's going to happen. Quentin Tarantino, you know, he's out there doing press for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And as is usually the case when he does press, people ask him about all his other movies. And uh, Kill Bill came up. And, you know, he's been talking on and off again about a potential Kill Bill, almost since the, you know, the, the first two movies came out. You know, there's that scene where, Uma Thurman and Vivica A. Fox get into a fight and Uma Thurman kills Vivica A. Fox in front of her daughter. And she says, you know, if you're still angry about this and whatever years, come see me. And he's always said like that was sort of like a setup for some sort of future sequel where... Uh, Vivica A. Fox's daughter is is older now, and she goes after the bride and, and so on and so forth. So he's been talking off and on about that for a few years now. And um, uh, while appearing on a podcast, he actually revealed that he and Uma Thurman were just last week talking about uh, Kill Bill 3. Um, at the same time, he says, you know, uh, there's no real plans for it. There's not, you know, it's not a definite thing. Basically, what he boils it down to is if he is ever going to make a sequel, that would be the one he would make. But at the same time, you know, he's been talking about his retirement all year and you know, maybe making his last movie a Star Trek movie. So I would not hold my breath about this happening, but it's worth pointing out that he and Uma Thurman still talk about it from time to time.
1: It seems ridiculous to me that he's saying that he probably has only one more film left in him. And he's talking about Star Trek movies and Kill Bill Volume Three. Uh, what would I know? You're a huge Tarantino fan. What would you ra- like rather see him do for his final film? Like either of those films or another original?
2: I mean, I would prefer something completely original myself, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I mean, I'll put it this way: I'll be happy probably with whatever he does, just because. You know, I like his films, but if I had to pick, I would rather him do at least one more fully original movie. I feel like Kill Bill Volume
1: 3 is something he could produce and not have to direct. I don't need to see him direct that. But I am very morbidly curious about what a Tarantino Star Trek movie would even look like or feel like. Although I'm not sure I want him to end his career on a Star Trek movie. Uh, Ben, do you have any thoughts on this?
0: Um, man, yeah, this is a tough one. I, I think I also like Chris would would prefer something original just because he's like one of the guys right now. You know, with the way that that the Hollywood landscape is is working and the studio system and all that, you know, we're talking, we talk, we've spent so much time on this podcast alone talking about Marvel. Um, you know, Tarantino is one of the few people who can actually get pretty decent sized budgets for totally original ideas. And I, I would hate to see him waste quote-unquote one of his 10 spots on something that you know theoretically somebody else might be able to make um i would just love to see him embrace fully another like full-on tarantino project and then uh ride off into the sunset if that's what he chooses to do
1: i'm betting this all rests on how well once upon a time in hollywood does at the box office because if it's another hateful eight i could totally see him doing a kill bill or star trek but if it's a huge success uh like a more of a glorious bastards like success i could totally see him doing like one final original film
0: you think he cares about that or do you think that you're are you just talking about like financing like, i think it's uh,
1: financing i think this is his last like i he you know i know he went around the town and he you know could have sold this film anywhere but i think if you have two of like you know hateful eights in a row that's not gonna he's not gonna be able to do that for the yeah, you know, the next. But one.
0: theoretically, like his last movie would be Quentin Tarantino's last film, and that pretty much markets itself. So, like, <laughs> yeah,
1: you're <right>. you know, are right. <laughs> I Good don't know. Good point. Good point. Okay, um, let's get back to Marvel really quick, and let's talk about Blade. This is something they dropped at the end of the Marvel Studios panel. They they dropped that they're doing a Blade reboot, and honestly, after the excitement died down, the first thing I thought of is how pissed is Wesley Snipes right now. So, Brad, what does Wesley Snipes think of this Blade reboot?
3: Uh, It turns out that he's not nearly as pissed as a lot of people thought. In fact, it seems like a lot of Blade fans are actually more pissed off than he is because ComicBook.com got Wesley Snipes to give them an exclusive statement uh, commenting on the recent Blade news, and it appears he's been paying attention on social media as to uh, the outrage and reaction to a new Blade. Uh, because he he started his statement by saying to all the daywalkers losing their minds right now, chillax. Although the news comes as a surprise, it's all good. Such as the business of entertainment. Much peace to the MCU crew. Always a fan. Honor and respect to the grandmaster Stan T- Stan Lee, obviously. Congratulations and salam to Mahershala Ali, a beautiful and talented artist whose expressions I look forward to experiencing for many years to come. Inshallah, we will someday work together. Most importantly to my loyal fans, the incredible outpouring of love is overwhelming. I am grateful for the never-ending support. So not nah fret, not nah worry. It's not the end of the story. Welcome to the Daywalker click. So, a pretty level-headed response from Wesley Snipes, all things considered.
1: Yeah, I would expect something very different from Wesley Snipes. I mean, he's hasn't he been, like, petitioning Kevin Feige to, to do another Blade film and stuff like that? Like
3: yeah he's watched you for for a while so and he and says I it think... came,
1: he says it became came as a surprise to him he said that in that statement so that doesn't lead me to believe that he's he's like signed to be part of this in some way that's what
0: I was gonna ask yeah do you think he's so level-headed because he secretly knew about it and has like a cameo role or something like that yeah I mean i I w- it's, I think
3: it's still possible, even if he says that, because obviously it's something he wouldn't want to spoil. And the whole idea would be of having it be a surprise of him appearing in the movie somehow would be a cool thing. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the, the outrage about from fans about a new Blade is kind of mystifying to me because, sure, you can love Wesley Snipes as the original Blade, but still understand that this is how movies work. But there are people who are saying, like, he should still be Blade. And it's like, haven't you heard all the stories about how difficult it was to work with him on Blade Trinity? Like, Pat Nozzle has told a bunch of stories of what it was like with Wesley Snipes on that movie. There was even a scene where he refused to open his eyes like he was supposed to, waking up on a morgue table. And they had to add computer-generated eyes (laughs) opening on his face in order to make the scene work. So, like, that's not something Marvel wants to work with, no matter how much Wesley Snipes would want to do that. And so, yes, Wesley Snipes, a great martial artist, a fantastic blade. Uh, but, like, I'm sorry, like, it's, it's time to move on.
1: <laughs> but the person you described there, Brad, a person that seems so unreasonable, not wanting to even open their eyes in a take of a, you know, millions of dollars film production does not seem like the person that would release this this statement. The, the you know I'm I think I'm on Ben's wavelength here that I think he's involved in some way even though he says it came maybe. as a surprise.
3: Or maybe he's just trying to take the high road and just be be cool about it cuz he doesn't want to be that guy.
1: Hmm. Chris, what do, what do you think?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. A, a part of me does think he has a cameo and he he's faking it, but I really don't know. At the same time like Brad said, he, he does have that reputation for being kind of a jerk, and maybe maybe, maybe he's trying to play it safe, and he's thinking, if I act cool now, they will offer me a cameo. Maybe that's what he's doing. He's hedging his bets. That's possible as go. well. Okay, so that brings us to the end of today's Slash Home Daily. You can find
1: more of all of our work at Slash Film.com. You can find the stories we talked about on today's podcast linked in the show notes. This podcast is published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at com, And please rate and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you tomorrow.